1: Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society, Podcast, Interviews, Movie Reviews, and more, live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live Channel. Subscribe.
2: Hi, this is Bernadette Stanis, Thelma from Good Times,
3: and you're watching the Film Review. (laughs)
4: What's
1: going on people? Welcome to episode 138 of hashtag TFR podcast live. That's hashtag TFR podcast live replays on all your favorite podcast providers the phone lines are open 213-943-3358 213-943-3358 the live chat is open on youtube the film review life channel on youtube make sure you go there right now and subscribe to the film review life channel on youtube smash subscribe smash like And share this video because we have reviews that save you pocket revenue, right? We want to shout out to all the people who are watching us on Periscope, Vimeo, and of course, on YouTube, on the Film Review Life channel. Make sure that you smash the like button. So as usual, before we begin our situation today, reviewing films and bringing context to these films and saving you pocket revenue with our reviews, we have to start out with the blurbs of the week and how was your week? How was your week?
2: Interesting week. (laughs) Very interesting week. Elections and you know. So, it was a very interesting week. Um, uh, Condolences, you know, to King Bond, who passed away as rapper, King Bond, as well as Alex Trebek.
1: Alex Trebek.
2: Grew up watching him on uh, Jeopardy, right?
1: That's right. Alex Trebek. Let's put his picture up real quick because he brought education to the masses. So, we do have to put his picture up for one second. Alex Trebek yeah. lost his fight.
2: Yeah, he had been battling cancer
1: for years. You know. Yeah, pancreatic. Yeah, in particular. So we want to uh, definitely say yeah. condolences to his family, family yeah, his friend. friends. Yeah. And I don't know how. Yeah. It could ever be the same, but I'm sure they have they made contingency plans over there yeah. in Jeopardy. So we should be seeing who's who next. Okay, people. So now, let's get started with some memes, some interesting memes that I saw. Okay, this meme right here Mm -hmm. is talking about the person who posted this from off of the uh, Las Vegas Black Mm -hmm. page on FB. Uh, said, thoughts? Should this be done in Nevada as well? So what does that say underneath there? It says Oregon becomes the first state to decriminalize hard drugs like cocaine and heroin. Oregon becomes the first state to decriminalize hard drugs like cocaine and heroin. Do you think question. they should do that in the back? Okay, so no,
2: I have a question. But since Oregon is doing that, uh-huh. will they release people who are in who who are in jail or in prison, doing time for having cocaine and heroin? Since it's legal there now, are they going to release the people that doing time because of it?
1: Hmm. Now that is a good question, right?
2: Hadn't thought of it. But hey. But yeah, definitely no, not out here.
1: I think I think that they should. I think they should. You wanna know why? Why? We wanna know why they should? They why? should legalize? Because that opens up for those uh different centers to go on the stock market. And remember why? we talked about being able to okay. Drug do okay. those special yeah. stocks, right? And those special futures okay. on hashtag observations, TFR. Okay. And that's just part of it. So okay. as they legalize and make cocaine, right. it gets to this next meme. Okay. As they legalize cocaine and heroin, it gets to this next meme right here. Okay will get people thinking this way. God often chooses unlikely people to carry out his plan because he looks at the heart and not human qualifications. Okay. God often chooses unlikely people to carry out his plan because he looks at the heart and not human qualifications. So as people begin to battle. They will get the Gideon Bible and okay. they, you know, at the treatment centers and the treatment centers will go up on the stock market okay. and then people will be able to get shares and so I think that they should legalize it, right? Okay. Which brings us to this next meme right here as we go through the memes. Getting your SNIT together requires a level of honesty you can't even imagine there's nothing else about realizing you're the one that's been holding you back this whole time have a grand day getting your snit together requires a level of honesty you can't even imagine imagine. there's There's nothing easier Easy. About, yeah. About realizing you're the one that's been holding you back this whole time. Have a grand day. What do you think about that meme? I mean that's a good a really good meme, but people don't really look at themselves.
2: They don't look at the man in the mirror. Got to look in the man <laughs> in
5: the
1: mirror. Got to ask him to change his very name. few people are
2: able to do that but most people can't see beyond you know
1: they can't see beyond their (laughs) themselves all right okay so look here's the next meme going along in this uh framework here keep doing the brave work of unlearning and (laughs) relearning we use this on the other show. Okay, but sure I just wanted to use this one here because I, I think it fits. That's Keep doing one. the brave work of unlearning and relearning.
2: That's a good meme. But again, very few
1: will be able to do this. That's why they, they're, they're making cocaine and heroin legal okay. so that people can escape. And okay. when they escape, those different treatments will be put on the stock market and then people can profit off of people's misery. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. right. Here's here's one. Here's one. Cause often people do not know the direction that they are headed in. Okay. And this is uh I call him baby Yoda but he's something else. Yeah I call him baby Yoda yeah. too. When people give directions like, then head north. Okay, Lewis and Clark. (laughs) Do I turn at Chick-fil-A or go towards Sonic? (laughs) That's right. When people give directions like, then head north. Okay, Lewis and Clark. Do I turn at Chick-fil-A or go towards Sonic? (laughs) Now, you know, it's really... I'm better with landmarks. Just give
2: me landmarks. Do I turn where the bank is right across the street from the grocery store?
1: <laughs> you know, I usually go by northeast, southwest myself. I'll look at a situation <laughs> and see what runs parallel to what, and then I'll know where the sun raises in the east or sets okay, in same. the west. But, you know, hey, for those who don't follow directions, that might be part of it. Like, okay. That's why did Okay, Lewis and Clark. <laughs> Alright, so here's another one. How to change your life in one year. Okay. This is very important, people. How to change your life in one year. You okay. see the theme. You hear the theme. It's a continuous theme here, right? Right. One, get rid of toxic people. Yes. One. yes. Okay. Two, stay committed even when things get tough, okay, that's good. like a magnum force, rough, like a new divorce, mean, like a two-time loser, bad, like a L.A. Crook win. okay, that's uh, Curtis Blow, shout out to Curtis Blow, alright, stay committed to even when things get tough, three, okay. learn from your mistakes, four, okay. keep building your skill set, that is My number, gosh. number, what does it sound like? Four is of utmost importance, right? Keep building your skill set. Five, hustle in silence and let success make the noise. Bring the noise. And number six. Invest
2: in yourself.
1: Invest in yourself. It is the greatest return. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We... We went and looked at these memes because we had to cut through a lot of inertia. What was happening? How we even find these memes? Now this one is these are psychological memes, and you okay. need to smash the share button, like button, and let people know that we are on. This these are psychological memes that. Should say something to you to help you in direction. Okay, so let's roll this way. Let them see the picture a little bit. So you see the fish behind him, right? And you see him, he has his fishing line and the pole on the opposite side of the pier, and he's got a question mark on his head like, how come I'm not catching any fish? Okay. Sometimes you need to change the direction patience is not always an option optional way sometimes you need to change the direction patience is not always a optimal way okay that's a really good mean that's a good mean so sometimes you need to just change directions and if you don't know Northeast Southwest you might be going still in the same do wrong direction.
2: So, okay, what do you think about that meme? Because I have
1: a thought. Okay, go ahead. What do you think about it?
2: When I read that meme, it makes me think about Ice Cube because I'm observer and observer, so I observed a few things during the selection, right? Uh-huh. So, Ice Cube is very intelligent. Okay. Very... So, looking at that meme, Mm hmm. Because Ice Cube's the investment that he put in for his family as well as fans and friends wanting the best for his community, he put together his platform. Right, he got together with various uh, academics in the black community. Uh, he also got a uh, with, with Tom Talks and Yvette Cornell as well as other people, right? Mm-hmm. So he put together this platform. So, he said, okay, he reached out to, right, both the Democrat Party as well as the Republican Party, and um, he didn't meet with Trump. I, you know, anybody... He anyway, met with he, he, Right. A Zoom call. Okay, right. So he didn't meet with Trump. So when I keep reading stuff that said he met with Trump, I'm like thinking... Okay, are you an idiot? You know, when I read some of this stuff these people post. Okay, so Trump's part, someone from Trump's organization reached out to him. Um, someone from Biden's organization reached out to him and said, once Biden is in office, then they would get together with Cube and look at his platform, right?
1: After. Make sure you get your people out to vote, right?
2: Okay, so <laughs> once, so now Biden is in office.
1: And I'm sorry. Biden's sure, not in office yet. He's
2: well, just okay, still whatever. You know. not an so yet. now I would assume that, you know, once Biden or whoever is um, sworn in in January, right, they'll be reaching out to Ice Cube. Yeah, because so,
1: these first 100 days are going to be crucial. So
2: the thing is, is from reading that meme, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to change the direction. Patience is not always a optimum way. So Ice Cube what he did, he's not wasn't just looking at the Democratic Party. He was looking at both parties, which is what an intelligent person would do in order to get your the, your agenda taken care of, which is, you know, your platform for the black community, right? So there are were, you know, a few people who are um, very intellectual in could understand where Ice Cube was going, right? Because if you had critical thinking skills, you understand where he was going.
1: Uh huh. Critical then, thinking skills.
2: Right. Right. Okay, but then when I see like the diff- when I read something and see something on social media and you know calling him a sellout, you know and you know and I'm just like and I'll read it and I'll see who it came from and I'm like this person has got to be an idiot. I'm like, do they know they're an idiot? Because it's clear as day, Ice Cube didn't say he was a Trump supporter.
1: Okay, yeah. He didn't say he
2: was a Biden supporter either. He was, he was, this is something he was doing platform for his people.
1: Right, right. Well, I mean, well, you know, people often. Are stupid. They they didn't like Martin Luther King when he was around, right? Right. They didn't like King when he was around. And, you know, but whoever created this meme right here, right? Oh, whoever created this meme... Has got
2: to be now, wait, dumb as shit. No,
1: no. Whoever made this meme and whoever laughs at this meme because whoever made this meme using Topsy and Bopsy okay. one of our number one watched reviews right. as just movie reviews okay. are coons? Sorry. If you created this. I'm thinking this must be a Russian bot that created this. But you're a coon. And if you laughed at this and if you laughed at this because you're basically turning against black men or it could have been women. You have women up there. Uh, You're basically turning against American black people for a white man. That makes you a coon. So whenever anyone says anything to me, to me okay. about, uh, well, this and that and this and that and buying one, I say, you, if you laugh at this, if you made this, if you laugh at this, you are a coon. Right. You are in meritorious manumission, meaning that you want money. Right some butter biscuits and those butter biscuits must taste good that you would turn against your own people for a white man. It'd be different. Like like we talk about policy on both shows on hashtag TFR podcast live and hashtag observations TFR. We talk about policy for American black people. What policy is best, right? But if you sit up here And you just wanted to get out and vote and feel good. You never looked at any of the policies that the person is getting ready to put across and you went against Ice Cube and Lil' Wayne and you know in your heart that you love these two dudes. Uh,
2: Maybe not a thing. Women.
1: Women now. They they
2: some people have self hate going on.
1: No, women, they smack. Tupac's ankles with the rags when he was first coming, but cried like a baby in Cleveland when he died. So people can be dual, dual in their minds at the same time. But what I'm saying Crazy. is, you can be a coon, have liked their music still, but because you went against a black man for a white man you are a coon. There's no other way. No There's it. no other way to cut it. There's no other way to cut it. I mean, just stupid because
2: anybody that listened to Ice Cube on his various shows and platform, and he talked about the his platinum plan, right? And he broke it down. So anyone that did not understand
1: the words
2: that came out of this man's they're mouth.
1: They're not stupid, they are either in stupid. A, They're either under a spell. We talked about that yeah, on Friday show, episodes episode 53. Right. The incantation, it's been there in, under a spell. Right. But other than that, once you tell people that they are under a spell and all they have to do is just research it. Okay. If they don't want to research it and they laugh at things like this, mm-hmm. the people who they would love. Look, they're trying to clip us. Talking about quality ain't right. Look, they're trying to... Oh, they're giving us warning <laughs> on everything. oh No, but you know what I have learned is
2: you um, there are not that many intelligent people because... If you don't know anything about like like you said, about bills, what bills are being passed.
1: Or what um, bills were passed. Or what
2: bills were passed. Like if you don't know anything about politics, that goes back to a conversation that we had before. Should a person be allowed to vote if they don't know anything about politics?
1: I I, I think I think that it's getting ready to be a thinning of the herd. And I okay. think the very people that they put into... That are elect right okay. now are going to be the very people who thin out the herd and the people who elected them not going to even know why. So right? that's why they
2: make party making all of these drugs legal and... Exactly. Okay. It's a
1: game to make... Zombies, okay. So they will be dormant, and they will need these League programs. Easily and the programs get people paid, like Parent Plan, like Planned Parenthood, okay. gets people paid. Now, let's move on, people. Okay. Get you a teammate, not an extra bill. This came from James Foreman. Okay. Get yourself a teammate, not mm, an extra, extra bill. Which then brings us to the next piece right here. Right? Which brings us to the last meme before we get to the movie reviews of the night. As we start out. This one right here. Let me bring it up a little bigger so people can see it. Here we go. Let me me read it. Let me read it so you can see it. For those that have the shouldn't be there for those that have found the one no matter how old you both get never stop holding hands dancing and saying I love you for those that at this time have not believed in this that's right? nice that's true that's right All Right. so I thought that was a pretty good man yeah. right So, that kind of all ties into it, right? Right. Because when you have that significant other, you are in a balance, right? Now. And you should
2: too, right? Every time, it doesn't matter how long you've been together, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, whether that person left to go to the store or left out to go to work or each time you see each other, it should always be a really good feeling. Yes. And you should always be happy to see
1: one another. All right. All right, people. So, the first review for the night right. is one called oh. The Grim Sleeper. That's right, people. The Grim Sleeper. Now, okay. between 1985 and 2007, okay. there was a person who was out there who wasn't quite all there. I'm trying to be respectful for people who who may still be around, who may be relatives. This person victimized victimized the black community in South LA. They call it South LA, but at the time it was South Central LA. The Grim Sleeper documentary came out 2014-2015, right? Co-produced by Nick and Barney Broomfield. It follows finding this person that you well not this, these are his friends right, but Lonnie Franklin the Grim Sleeper it follows how it was discovered who he was how he was finally apprehended how he was brought to justice right, and that is what the Grim Sleeper documentary is about, let's read the uh situation. Directors, a a camera, directors, a camera and sound crew set out to discover who Lonnie Franklin, the Grim Sleeper, was to the community, how he helped and stalked the community, and why he was able to kill multiple women how it took over 30 years to bring him to justice and why he was found guilty of killing only nine women, one teenager, and one black man, right? But it's thought by the photographs that he has that he may have killed
5: mm-hmm.
1: more than a hundred. Wow. He may be in one place. No, excuse mm-hmm. me, excuse me, not 100, okay. 200. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, unlike the person last week, okay. Samuel Little, who killed 93 who, people, who right? crossed across the country, country doing it, and they said that he was the most prolific. Mm-hmm. His Just like, unlike. Samuel, he didn't draw. Mm -hmm. He took pictures Mm -hmm. of the women that he was involved with. Right? Right. Uh, And so, just similar to Samuel, Mm -hmm. Samuel had a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. He had photographs taking photos of the women that he was Mm -hmm. involved with. And it said that over 200 women were missing in South Central L.A. Mm -hmm. During that time, right? There were activists, female activists out there mm-hmm. trying to get the LAPD to mm-hmm. do their job, and the LAPD blew it off because they called them WHI. And what, what, what you want to know what WHI stands for? What? WHI stands for mm-hmm. no human involved wow. because they thought that they were either. Prostitutes, mm-hmm. druggies, or they just were the intogent homeless, mm-hmm. and no one cared wow. about them. But it was more than just prostitutes. Mm-hmm. He preyed on the community that he also helped. Yeah, because a lot of the
2: people in the community, wasn't he known for being like the handyman and helping out and fix it, Mr. Fixit? Mr. Fixit, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was shocking when they found out he was a grim sleeper.
1: Yes, it was yeah. very shocking. And, and to yeah. see that American black women's lives right. are worth right. basically considered worth nothing. Right. WHI, no human involved. Right? right? This guy is a psychopath now on the internet afterwards you need to go and listen to the interrogation tape the interrogation tape the the interrogators the two detectives you know nypd was slow then they put a movie out about it later about Mm -hmm. the grim they called it the grim sleeper Mm -hmm. and they made it seem like the lapd was always up on it right but, I remember it was on Lifetime. <laughs> but but it really wasn't. It was a female reporter okay. that was trying to get them to pay attention to this. And yeah. she said, I think there's a serial killer uh, happening.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: serial killings happening. And it's a serial killer in South Central LA. Yeah. And the police didn't do it. So she went to the community and told mm-hmm. the black activists, like, this is one of the black activists here. Right. Right and she told them that this was going on and to get the word out, so they started getting the word out, but mm-hmm. the police did not believe and did not care. This guy was a sociopath. People, please, this is, the reason why we're playing this because this is the death season, right? This is the death season when October comes in. That's the celebration, which Mm -hmm. is Halloween. But after that is the death season until the spring equinox, the spring solstice and and everything comes back to life. This is the death period. this is when strange things, when it's cold and it's the trees are bare and barren that things seem to happen. Guard yeah. your loved ones. God Guard your children. Guard male and female children. Guard the women in your yeah. life. Guard your mother. Guard your daughters. Yeah. Because there are strange people out there who will be smiling yeah. in the people's faces. And you will think that they are down for the cause. Yeah. But they you are never really know. out. And, and it's really... it's He never told... Why he did it? I don't even think that he knew right. why why he had that urge. Yeah, why he wanted to do it. I think that he had some kind of yeah. demonic possession. Yeah, it was something yeah. there, yeah. right? And the son, we're gonna we have a video package that I cut up. Mm-hmm. So get ready for that because. This is not the documentary, but these are news reports. Okay. Right? And we clip them together to give you a, a better story, okay. a better understanding, middle standing, overstanding of the story. Plus, we have at the end a woman who actually survived okay. one of his attacks, and she really lays out his MO, and viewer discretion is advised. There's nothing that's too shocking in this, but if you Well, you probably need your kids to know that there Mm -hmm. are people out there that do not mean them good, right? And so maybe they should watch this, but you watch it for sure. So we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this piece. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we're going to stop in between for context. 213-943-3350. And, of course, we're going to come back with the review the breakdown of the cinematography, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but we're gonna go right here first. So let's start it off.
5: Tonight, across Los Angeles, a handful of families are breathing a sigh of relief they've been holding in for nearly a quarter century.
6: Uh, well, I'm joyful that you know that they have um, have captured this guy, and uh, they said they linked it through DNA, so we definitely got the right guy. So it's definitely gonna bring my family uh, some closure. In
5: September of 1988, 18-year-old Alicia Monique Alexander went to the liquor store near her house and never came home. Her body, murdered and raped, was found a few days later, just one in a series of murders to haunt Los Angeles and eventually be linked to a serial killer called the Grim Sleeper. He has been arrested, the district attorney's office. Uh, is filing multiple counts. Uh, I believe at this time it's 10 counts of murder, one t- count of attempt murder. He is 57 year old Lonnie David Franklin Jr.
6: They're faces from the past, 180 of them, some smiling, some sleeping, some may even be dead. Images collected by a suspected serial killer. All of these people are potential victims
0: which I hope not. Uh.
1: Let me pause that. This went on from 85 mm-hmm. to 2007.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The LAPD looked at it mm-hmm. as, W-H-I, no human involved. Mm-hmm. This could have been stopped. When you watch this documentary, it is so eerie because you can look at the photos. And you can look at some of the photos. Some of them look sleep, but some of them look like he shot them, took the photograph after he killed them. They looked dead. So it is so macabre and so just strange that this guy right here, right? It's just strange. It's just the weirdest thing and the LAPD did nothing about it. Uh, black women were out there yeah. talking. And, and who was in office at the time when all this was going on? Like, what political party was in office?
2: Was it the Republicans? No. Oh, no. Bush wasn't in office? No, no, I'm
1: talking about in the city. Who oh. was the mayor? At the time, oh, that's
2: California is the Democratic. That's right, it
1: was Democrat because uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had me, but anyway, Terminator, the Terminator, but anyway, look, there was a Democrat mayor with a Democrat government. Oh, and they blew it off. And, and, and they blew it off what? because they they depend on your vote, but they blow you off one at a time. Look at you need to go and research and find out when most of these things were happening, like Mike Brown, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Et mm-hmm. What government was running the municipality? I see, you
2: know, I understand what you're saying, but sadly. Some people just don't care
1: yeah I mean they really don't care until yeah. it because they think it won't ever come to hit them but it might and you have to protect yourself protect your children protect your loved ones protect the ones that are closest to you tell your people to protect their loved ones protect the ones close to them let's continue on
0: but they they interacted with uh Lonnie Franklin at some point in their life.
6: Detective Dennis Kilcoyne of the LAPD's Robbery Homicide Unit says all of these images were taken from the home of Lonnie Franklin Jr., the man suspected to be the grim sleeper serial killer.
0: We searched every nook and cranny of this residence and the big uh, uh, commercial building that it had in the backyard. Vehicles, glove boxes, you know, under seats, everywhere. We gathered cameras, um, videos, and all types of stuff from all over the the property. We are dealing with probably decades of photography by this guy because um, he is obviously the cameraman.
6: And because Lonnie Franklin seems to have been the cameraman, police are treating each of these images as a mystery
0: that needs to be solved. Every one of these photos is gonna be another story as to the life and times of Lonnie Franklin.
5: The serial killer known as the Grim Sleeper died in prison over the weekend. Lonnie Franklin Jr. was convicted of murdering 10 women, but suspected of killing so many more. NBC4's I-
1: Lonnie Franklin died in March of this year, 2020. Wow. Right? He died on what used to be Death Row in um LA in California, but no longer Death Row. Mm-hmm. Uh he was sitting there and mm-hmm. he passed. He was locked up and he passed in March of just this year. So, we're cutting pieces to let you know What was happening back in 2010. When all this was Mm -hmm. kicking off. Then it bounces. To now. And it goes back to around. 2014. 2015. Mm -hmm. When the documentary came out. Mm -hmm. Alright so. Giving you context to the video. So Mm -hmm. he is no longer with us. But there are more people around. Who are. Like him. And when you watch that interrogation tape you do to say this guy is a total psychopath right it's weird but anyway let's continue on
5: i team reporter eric leonard joins us now with more on really the lingering mysteries in this case eric
4: well, Colleen, you'll remember that photographs of dozens and dozens of women were found when police searched Lonnie Franklin's home. And of course, years later, the police have never been able to identify or find many of those women, so they may never know the answer to what happened to them.
6: DNA evidence allegedly tied him to 10 murders dating back 25 years, most of them black women from South Central L.A. The murderer was nicknamed the Grim Sleeper because he was dormant for 14 years until 2002 when he started to murder again. Is your working theory that, that this Grim Sleeper, as he's known, who was quiet,
0: it seems, for 14 years, may not have been quiet for those years? Well, I don't believe for a minute he was quiet. I mean, he was right here, lived in the same place. Do you think he kept on killing? Well, I don't know if he was killing, but I don't think Lonnie Franklin... Uh, Changes stripes over a period of years. I think he's the same man he was 30 years ago.
6: Franklin's attorney strongly objects to the release of the photos on the grounds that making them public will prejudice the jury pool against him.
0: It's not just the photographs that were released to the public that's the problem, it's also the commentary that went along with the release by the public officials.
2: Mr. Franklin is accused of murdering at least 10 young women and one man in South Los Angeles sending fear and terror throughout the streets of South LA.
6: At the news conference last week the mayor and the police chief both spoke as though Lonnie Franklin had already been proven guilty. These people are not suspects we don't even know if they're victims but we do know this Lonnie Franklin's reign of terror in the city of Los Angeles, which spanned well over two decades. Franklin died on what was California's death
4: row at San Quentin State Prison, cause unknown, though there were no signs of trauma. With a moratorium on executions in California, it was unclear if the death sentence would ever have been carried out.
3: It's a relief to know that he's that he's gone and that the victims' families that are still alive were able to see an end to that.
4: Prosecutor Beth Silverman tried the case against Franklin. She says she thinks it's unlikely he would ever reveal more information about how many other women he killed or what he did with their bodies.
3: And I'm fairly certain that Lonnie Franklin was going to take to the grave uh... all of the information regarding the unprosecuted unknown victims that we were never able to put together
6: but there are significant questions heading into the trial in part because the dna that first led police to franklin's doorstep wasn't his it was his son's familial dna it's called yeah it's called familial dna because
4: it is the dna not of the ultimate suspect but of a very, very close relative.
6: Authorities in the LAPD's cold case unit processed DNA from the crime scenes and looked for a match in the state's DNA database. In California, anyone arrested for a felony must give a DNA sample, whether or not they're ever charged or convicted. In this case, the match came back positive for a relative of the suspect. Police then narrowed down the list of possible relatives before zeroing in on Lonnie Franklin. It's the first time familial DNA has ever been used to try and solve a murder case. But authorities had no DNA sample from Franklin, so they staked him out until they got one.
0: And what was it? A slice of pizza, I think a fork, there was a napkin. Uh, It was a total of, of, I think, eight different items that they submitted to us. And that was enough? It turned out to be enough, yes.
6: Enough, allegedly, to match DNA from the crime scenes. But
1: know how they say dead men tell no tales no. well that's not true anymore no. that's not true because the DNA is there and you can find out what's happening if you do something if you do the crime get ready to do the time because they have it all laid out for you to do the time especially if you're American
6: black alright here we go Will it hold up in court? If Lonnie Franklin is convicted, it could mean a nationwide expansion of familial DNA. This will change the way policing is done in the United States. And if the case suddenly becomes much bigger, with new victims identified among these women, then the focus will be more intense than ever. As soon as the LAPD posted these photos last Thursday, the response was huge.
0: Within a matter of hours, well into the millions of hits, it was just... Pretty mind-boggling to me. LAPD robbery
6: homicide. There have been hundreds of phone calls too. Each of them providing a lead that now needs to be followed up. Each one a potential clue into the mind of a serial killer.
0: You know these guys do. They do strange things, and uh, you know, sometimes they take pictures. Sometimes they leave a mark. Sometimes they do. They call the police and tell on themselves. And it just it's just a, it's a whole science to that. I'm sure but not for me.
5: Reportedly, a mechanic for an LAPD station near the epicenter of the murder spree. After all these years, the police never gave him so much as a glance, until now.
6: Did know that you have, I have four kids, I have about eight nieces nep- and nephews, that we come out here riding bikes and everything knowing that there's was a serial, serial killer right here? I mean,
5: what, what can you say, man? It's scary. The arrest was a long shot, even by cold case detective standards. Because the suspect was clean, he had no DNA to match as part of a massive million-sample sweep of the state's felon database. Enter a technique called familial DNA. When the suspect's son was reportedly arrested in another matter and swabbed for DNA, detectives were blindsided by what they say was a partial match linking back two decades to the Grim Sleeper case. That link from a son to his father broke the case.
4: So Franklin's case was the first solved in L.A. County using familial DNA test techniques. Although the coroner, the uh, State Department of Correction says there was no obvious trauma, an autopsy is being done. Incidentally, prison officials tell us there are no known cases of coronavirus at the prison San Quentin where uh, Lonnie Franklin died. My name is Mom-
1: Next, so up next is a young woman who survived an attack from Lonnie, right? And what, were you about to say something?
2: No, I'm just, I was just thinking about uh, how he worked on the trucks or the different engines for the police department, right? Yeah. He was
1: like right in their backyard. Right there. Just, just, hey, here I am. Right, yeah. and so you see how eerie this is. It's like it's in the past, yeah. but it's relevant still even to today in 2020. It's weird, so that's why I cut it so you can see the justification. So, here's this woman, and so she's gonna tell her story. She's uh 51 years old now, and you know, she's I'm sure she's glad to have survived you know, what she survived, right? And so let me bring this down, I don't know how I did that. Uh, no, she's happy to have survived what she survived, right? So let's bring her here. And we'll start right here,
4: all right. At the prison, San Quentin, where uh, Lonnie Franklin died.
3: My name is Monica Hunter. I'm from Louisiana. And I've been out here since I was seven. And one night, I was going to my mother-in-law's house on 64th and Central to a tug of party. So I left my house about at nine. I just had twins, 1986. And I told my old man to watch the kids. I left the money with him, but I had a little money in my pocket. So the bus was taking so long. So I'm like, by the time I get to the tug of party, it's gonna be over with. So the dude was coming down the street in a, in a yellow Pinto, and he was driving real slow, a black brother. So I'm like, oh shoot. He said, you want to ride? I said, yes, I will take a ride, sir. And he said, I just got off work. So he opened up the door to let me in. He was nice to me at first when I got in the car. Next thing I know, we hit 180. He, he hit the corner so fast. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He like, well, um, don't worry about what I'm doing. Because when I get over here, you you, you going to find out what I'm doing. I said, sir, I'm, I'm not out to try to make no money. All I want to do is get to the tuckerware party. He said, oh, no, you ain't going nowhere. And he was, got the screwdriver out the glove department. He was shaking, he was shaking, shaking. He said, when I open up this door, you get out and you get butt naked. By the time I got out the door, the sheet was laying right down the side of the car. By the door, But I walked out, out on my side, the trash bins, two trash bins were sitting right behind me. And I'm like.
1: He had an M.O. He had the sheet right there at the curb. So when he pulled up, the person would get out, get naked. He would do what he did. Kill them, roll them up, and throw them into a dump. Into a, I mean, this is just harrowing stuff, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, guard your children.
2: Yes, be safe. Like, don't go anywhere by yourself at night. Do not get in the car.
1: With the strangers. strangers. I mean, it's just a, uh, just a no-no. Here we go. Like,
2: what are you trying to do to
3: me? Shut up, shut up, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, oh Lord, I done messed up. So I said, oh Lord, I don't know what to do. I said, I just hope he just raped me and just let me go, you know? I hope you don't kill me. He was in his trunk digging for something. And I was t- I was sitting on the seat on on the passenger side, taking my clothes off, waiting to get lay down on the sheet. And when he came out the trunk, that's when the dude was walking down the street, making a noise, saying, I got it, I got it. I remember that word. And I'm like, he got what? And I, I looked, and I'm like, help. Excuse me, sir, could you help me? And I got to screaming and hollering. When I got to screaming and hollering, he dropped the screwdriver. Then that's when I started running. I had one pants leg out. When I started running, girl, he came right in his car, right behind me. He was chasing me, and I was scared I was hitting all kinds of corners and stuff. So I'm hollering, I'm screaming with half the clothes on, and I made it to my house. And I'm like, this man know where I live at. He gonna come back and get me. So I went to the house authorities to tell him about it. He was on a the billboard. They said, girl, you know what? You ran into that man that's out killing all these black women, it's supposed to be prostitutes.
2: What stopped you from going to the police?
3: It was too late, probably, I think. I thought they said after 24 hours, you can't uh, complain or tell nobody about nothing. I've been through a lot of stuff before then, but not like this, you know, you know, you know. But not like that, but, you know, just open containers, going back and forth to jail. I never told them nothing about it, you know. So uh, when I found out he got caught, I look at him on TV, I just said, he's in God's hand now. You know, God's gonna take care of him now because it's too late for me to tell my story. This was in 1986. And I look at it and I go back there and look look at that trash bin back there and look down on the ground and just think about what could have happened to me that night, you know. That's where they probably would have found blood of me dead at.
1: That is a heroin story. It is shocking. Yeah. Right, you have to see this documentary to get the details, right? The Mm -hmm. grim, the tale of the grim sleeper, right? Documentary, you can see it on Amazon Prime, right? So let's go through it. The cinematography, which is in documentary style, Mm -hmm. that's a 10. Storyline through line, building the story, introducing you to Murders first, and then getting you to understand who Lonnie Franklin mm-hmm. was, his life, his dynamic, being married. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not gonna give you too much. That's mm-hmm. a 10. Sound and editing, cutting through newspaper mm-hmm. clippings, and, I mean, news, news reports, and also using and interviewing people on the fly with uh, the miking and the editing of all that, that is a 10 the character arc building Lonnie Franklin as a character, first building him as someone who you would never expect Mm -hmm. and then revealing him as who he is or who he was is a 10 developing Lonnie that's a 10, wardrobe and set that is You know, showing you the images. That would be more like the images and setting and showing the inside of his house, which was kind of hoardish. Yeah.
5: That's
1: a 10. The locations that they show you where all this was happening. That's a 10. Story beats connecting the dots. That's a 10. Believability. Did you believe or would you believe that this guy is the Grim Sleeper? Believability is a 10. Historic facts about South Central L.A. Mm-hmm. South L.A. now mm-hmm. is a 10. The Grim Sleeper. What would you give the Grim Sleeper?
2: I would give it a 10 because the documentary, um, there wasn't any dullness or it wasn't boring. It, from beginning to end, it was interesting. Interesting interviews. Um, The interviews with his friends, neighbors, this was, um, what happened to these women was just horrible and it was just like, it was enlightening because it just shows you never know who could be a killer.
1: Who could be a killer. So,
2: I mean, just like they tell us this when we, um, are children in elementary school, you know? It's kind of like, basically, don't talk to strangers. You know, um, at night, I, I don't even think men should, uh you know, walk talk the streets. To yeah, no. or walk the streets at night, you know, by themselves. Because a few weeks ago, um, we saw on the social media, this young man at night was just going to his local convenience store when he was... um. Beat and rob, yeah. You know, walking alone. So, um, and this woman was, you know, getting ready to go to a Tupperware party at 9 p.m. You know, and he he offers her a ride, and she gets in his car. So, just everybody, just be safe out there. I mean, because you, you just never know. You, you never know. You never know.
1: And you got to get the context, the context of the time, as yeah. well. Uh. Laid out in detail. Mm-hmm. Uh the grim the tale of the grim sleeper yeah. is a 10. Yeah, 10. Right. So our next review is one by Nicole Kidman, yeah. right? Yeah. It's called The Undoing. It's a mini series yeah. 2020. It's uh showing on HBO, right? Yep. Cast Nicole Kidman, Grace. She portrays Grace Fraser yeah. Fraser. Hugh Grant right. is Jonathan Fraser. Right. Noah yeah. Jap is Henry Fraser. Right. Donald Sutherland is Frank right. Reinhardt. Right. my um, writing is atrocious. Edgar <laughs> <laughs> Ramirez is Joe. Mendoza, right? Okay. But my my my, right, Matilda De Angelis is Alina Alves, right? Now Joe Mendoza is a detective that is trying to figure out the case. There's something that happens, and we're going to get to that in a minute, right? Okay. Ishmael. Cruz Cordova. Cruz Cordova. Can that read my own? Fernando Alves, right? And Eden Alexander is Marquell Alves, right? This little boy is very pivotal in this story because he discovers something that would be heart breaking and heart wrenching for anyone to discover Mm -hmm. alright so a woman must sort out the murder of a recent acquaintance at the same time of the disappearance of her husband Mm -hmm. while keeping herself and her son safe from accusations of her involvement in the murder right when you watch The Undoing, right? You will, first of all, we're going to tell you that the way that the suspense is set up mm-hmm. it's kind of like Body Double. If you've ever seen that movie Body Double, it seems kind of strange except for Nicole Kitman
6: mm-hmm.
1: is the one that the woman who is murdered kind of gravitates towards in a strange way and she's kind of like trying to seduce
2: right
1: you know right. the the character right. that Nicole Kidman is playing she's trying to seduce her in in, in such strange ways yeah
2: but once th- you see this episode i mean well this was the episode two, was maybe a, well that was you episode 1 out? that oh, she's okay. done cuz you'll but find out two, why
1: episode two you because she's looking for her husband right so episode two you find out where her husband now, why is why she's so
2: obsessed with the Nicole kid
1: right 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 so I mean it is a great suspense thriller yeah right it's drama in it right and it's gonna play out and it's a who done it
2: yeah
1: it's a who done it thriller drama suspense yep yeah and you, the way the way that the body is laid out right oh, and the and the violent the violent nature in which the murder the murderer leaves the body
5: yeah.
1: it is definitely would be considered a crime of passion yeah. right and then it leaves the question did Hugh Jackman's character do this, you know? So that that's that's the it's Like, a whodunner, whodunner, it. like you said, right. yeah. Would he have done that? Once you find out the circumstances, it's plausible. I don't think is so. it is it is probable, but is it
2: possible? Because there are so many suspects, and that's what I love about this movie. Mm-hmm. And because um, growing up. I love playing the game Clue, right? Uh-huh. So it's a whodunit game and you have to figure out who did the murder and what room they did it in and what tool they used to murder the person with. And so this is like seriously a, a whodunit. It reminds me of, um, it's kind of like a Nicole Kidman's other series that she was in on HBO. Um, was it Pretty... Uh, Pretty...
1: Pretty big, Little Fires or Pretty, pretty little, Big
2: Lies. Pretty
1: Big Lies, that's what it was.
2: Little Big Lies, I'm going to look, look it up. Little Big Lies, I think so. But the thing about Nicole Kidman is she's another one that goes on my list of like actors that you can bank on. She's somebody, you don't even have to have seen the preview or know what the film is about or the project or anything, you just go watch it and you know it's going to be good. Yeah, you know it's going to be good. Because she does a great job as well. Like we were talking about Denzel Washington um, and um, and Chadwick Boseman, right? Like, Nicole Kidman, she does a really great job. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix and Jake Gyllenhaal also though, right? Mm-hmm. She does a great job picking the right script. She does. Because I have never seen her in a crappy movie.
1: Never. Nicole Kidman. So when we automatically saw it, and plus Hugh Jackman, plus Hugh Jackman is a perfect fit for this. Not to go back in time, but you remember the situation with, what was her name? Uh, Brown? uh, Oh. uh, uh, Delicious Brown. Desiree. Desiree, something like that. Brown. Anyway, that's Water Under the Bridge now, but he's perfect for this, for people who remember that and that's kind of back Mm -hmm. in your memory. Big little lies. Big little lies, so when it's back in your memory, you say, yeah, I can see this dude doing this crap. (laughs) Right? Right. So look, so let's break down, let's break down the uh, various aspects of the uh, mini series. Cinematography. This the way that this story is told is in no way pedestrian whatsoever. The images there's another film that there's a film that we're getting ready to review later okay. that the images and the storytelling through cinematography is definitely not pedestrian. But neither is this. This is a ten. Storyline through line is a ten. Okay. Sound and editing because you got to put in the sound effects, right? And the way that they're cutting in people's visions in their dreams and using those and using the music and mixing it all together it's a 10, right? The pacing, it's very important that I add and say this pacing within the sound and the editing, the pacing on this, it seems like it's slow because it's introducing you to every aspect, every character so that you can get a sense of personality. Yeah, right. Right. And so you can say, well, hmm, this person could have done it. And how come she's just telling her this now? So it's like certain things. So the pacing on it, once it takes off, though, it takes off, right? But it's really moving at a really great pace from the very beginning. But when it takes off, it picks up. That's a 10. Character arc 10. Acting skill. The emoting. The close up. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman showing deceit on his face as he's talking is a 10. Wardrobe and sets. Are a 10. They're definitely in the upper 1%. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Location is a 10. The story beats connecting through flashback and through what happened in real time to something that's in the present. Yeah. Connecting the dots, that's a 10. Yeah. Believability. Yeah. Could this have happened? Right? Right. There's something about it in believability
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I gave it an eight. Oh, an eight! I, I gave it an eight on believability. Hmm. It's something about it that I I just said. Okay. You know, believability okay. is an eight. Okay. Historical facts, okay. right? You know, dealing with the historical facts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a 10. Okay. So what would you give. No, wait, wait, I'm on the wrong. Okay, wait, a minute. I didn't turn the page. Okay, okay, look. Believability is a 10 on this. Okay. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, historical fact is a 10. So what would you give Undoing?
2: So, overall, since you was looking at the wrong thing, what's the number that you give? Everything, would everything.
1: I just said, believability is 10. So you would give, give
2: this
1: movie a 10. No, I'm asking you what you give it.
2: Oh. I would definitely give it a 10. That's right.
1: I'd give it a 10 I mean, also.
2: because he, Nicole Kidman is a great actress, so she like she's one of my favorites. You know, who I didn't mention earlier, um, another actor on the list too, uh, Lakeith Stanfield.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: His acting is a part he of makes, this He makes good decisions makes on his films. He makes great decisions on his
1: films. I don't know about Black Jesus and Judas, but I you know, no. I that's
2: gonna be good
1: because with those two
2: great actors, him and
1: the Black Messiah and, and it's, it's gonna Judas. Be great. I don't know because
2: uh-huh. oh, if you haven't seen Sorry uh, to Bother You, that yeah. was one of the first films we uh, reviewed Actually, yeah, with Lakeith mm-hmm. Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Check it out; it's great. Okay, so Nicole Kidman, her act, the acting is great. All of the actors because. It's like a whodunit, done it, right? Suspense thriller, so it's her and a bunch of her associates and then her husband. And I mean, the ensemble, great acting across the board. I love New York as a backdrop, like the heartbeat of the city.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you see. City is a character.
2: The city is definitely a character <laughs> because you see her running and walking around more so than you see her in a vehicle, right?
1: you be like, uh, what, is she walking around New York? and <laughs> right. saving them to upper echelon, one <laughs> right,
2: you know? So, um, so the cinematography is great. Um, the writing is great because, like, we were just sitting here talking about who we think might have done it. You said maybe the husband. I don't think it's the husband because it would be just too simple for it to be the husband.
1: It's, be more it's more
2: complex.
1: It's more complex. They're ruining um, lives here. They're ruining lives. So. Yeah.
2: So I mean, this is just this is a good series. So I can't wait to see part three.
1: His irresponsibility, we'll say. Very. will give you. We'll give you that much. Yeah. Of it right, it is his responsibility, irresponsibility, <laughs> right? So, look, The Undoing. I give it a 10. All right, I give people. It 10. so moving right along, we have the next film, which is a classic film, Stars in My Crown. Yeah, it's a Joel McRae film, right? It is a classic. It is a it's classic. a classic film, right? So, let's see. Starring Joe McCray as Joshua, right? Uh, Juano Hernandez is Uncle Famous. Juano Hernandez as Uncle Famous. He is a black actor that plays dignified roles. Yes. Every role... That we see him in, he is dignified, you know, surprisingly during that time period, right? Yep. James Mitchell is Dr. Daniel Harris Jr. Alan Hale is Judd Isbell. Ed Bagley is Lon Beckett. Now... Ed Beckley, he played in Twelve Angry Men, right, as the one that was just so disagreeable. He seemed they seemed to give him these bigot parts. And I wonder if it was something in his personality <laughs> makeup where they continue to give him these bigot roles. But again, here he is in this film, stars in my crown, nineteen fifty, Western, as a bigot. Dean Stockwell as John. Now, Dean Stockwell, you may know him as older, but in this film, he is a little boy. We know who Dean Stockwell is. Now, Get some of the films that Dean Stockwell has played in recently. But you know Dean Stockwell, right? But in this film, he is a little boy. Boy, about maybe nine or ten, right? Yeah, he is a little boy, nine or ten, and he came all the way out through the ranks, through teenagers, through adulthood, to up to now to where he is. He is an excellent actor, and he was an excellent actor yeah. in this. We you know-, know
2: him from like the film, uh, Dune, Blue Velvet, um, Tucker. The man in his dream,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, married to the mob, um, the player, the rainmaker, uh, the last uh, movie. Mm-hmm. He's been in tons of films, yeah, lovers. Robert. He yeah.
1: is. He is a over
2: 70 years. They said in yeah, film.
1: he's a quintessential actor, and you know, being a child actor, there were some things that. But anyway, we won't speculate. But anyway.
2: You know, and I was just mentioning the films because I don't even like on television. Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Combat, Bonanza, Mannix, um, Columbo, Mission Impossible, Night Gallery, Police Story, McCloud, um, I could go on and on Heart yeah, to Heart 18. He's a character Miami actor. Vice. He's yeah. a character
1: actor, right? Yes
2: yeah, And
1: like then, tons. Then Marshall Thompson... Plays the narrator. the The story is told through the John character played by Dean Stockwell's through his eyes as a child, being remembered by the narrator who is Marshall uh, Thompson playing the John character, narrating the whole piece. He's the reliable narrator, right? Right. So here's the synopsis: a once gun slinging now reformed parson must find a way to keep the townsfolk folk on the straight and narrow through the good book while avoiding typhoid fever and a lynching. Yeah. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. It's an ensemble cast. Yeah. It is a movie from the 1950s that surprisingly Yeah stands up and you will be on the edge of your seat when certain things are going on. Stars in my crown, right? It is a great movie to watch. You will be on the edge of your seat. You will love it, right? We saw it on Turner Movie Classics, but it's also available on... YouTube and also on Amazon Prime, and right? Hulu too, say and Hulu too. And Hulu, right? I was about to say that, but I wanted to give two. But thank you. Thank you. So, <laughs> cinematography, let's break this down. Cinematography is a 10. The storyline through line surprisingly stands up to today, which makes it a classic. It's a 10. Stars in My Crown, 1950, Western. You have to see it. Sound and editing and pacing. Sound and editing pacing is a ten. The pacing on it, it moves right along. Right. There's no doldrums in it. Character arc. You see each character take an arc. The little boy yeah. takes an arc. The parson takes an arc. Yeah. The doctor in the town that's coming in to replace someone. Yeah is a 10. You have to see all this. Acting skill and emoting skills. The the mid angle and close ups on this and the over the shoulder shots really give the opposite actor the opportunity to shine right? Up against the protagonist right? right? Wardrobe and set It looks like a Western, feels like a Western, feels like you're back in that time. Doesn't feel like it's 1950s at all, right? So that's pretty good. Locations that they shot this, which are probably sets on the studio as a 10. Story beats connecting what happened previously. There's a story about typhoid fever. And connecting the dots on that. That's beautifully done. So it's multiple things going yeah, on yeah. in this town with an yeah. ensemble cast yeah. uh, driven by Joel McCrae. Yeah. And, and that's a 10. Believability. Okay. This is the movie where I gave believability an 8. Because really? there is a Lynch scene in it. Okay. Right. And there are certain elements of the Lynch scene. Mm-hmm. That just don't ring as realistic. The okay. the the setup okay. to the lynching okay. doesn't ring true. You just have to see the movie and then you can rate right. that for yourself. But overall, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's yeah. not something that's gonna throw you off from the movie. But you gonna say, "Ah, eh, would that really happen?" The Knight Rider, would the Knight Riders really do that? You know, so that's an eight. Okay. Historic facts. The historic facts. The guy, there's um, a silver vein that is running through okay. and the Hernandez, un- Uncle Famous. Okay. His land, He okay. now he owns this land. This is believable. Right? He owns okay. this land, but there's a silver vein that's running through okay. his land. Okay. And the character, the Beckett character, okay. wants to pay him under a dollar an acre, right? And so you just have to see it, and you're like, well, this is telling the story about how Black people lost their land. Right. Right? So right. historic fact on that is a 10. Yeah. So what would you give Stars in My Crown?
2: You know I would give it a 10. It's a great film. Um, I love all of the acting. Mm-hmm. And um, what really, really stood out, I had the cast up when you were... Now I'm looking for yeah, it. Yeah, the
1: new phones are just going, haywire hey, these that news? Um, um
2: was it? Juano Hernandez? Uh-huh. Um, I love how to see how he was embraced by his community. Because uh-huh. it was two different sides to, um, he was embraced by his community. You know, uh, uh, he seems to have been there for like years because mm-hmm. a lot of the townspeople know him. Um, a sweet, elderly, you know, um, black man um, who owns property. Mm-hmm. Um, he's um, providing jobs to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that storyline, which is a great storyline. And he teaches, it's kind of like
1: a hook fin. Yeah. And what what's the what's the slave and Huck fan? See, I wasn't really um, big on that one,
2: so I don't Was uh, it Tom Sawyer
1: or something like well, that? Well, well, well Tom Sawyer Huck fan had a friend, that had the slave and Uh-oh. he was trying to get him to freedom. I I, I forget I wasn't much on Mark Twain myself, but, but, but it's a kind of a element itself. But he's not a slave; he's a no, free man. A free man he land, but he has that land. friendship. Yeah. He kind of like took to the in. Huck Finn, mm-hmm. and I can't think. I, I, boy, if someone knows the name of that particular slave in mm-hmm. the Huck Finn, put it in there so we can read it. But
2: well, well, well let me go ahead. So, okay, so but the typhoid mm-hmm. that story, it kind of made me think of what we're going dealing with today like this pandemic, this whole coronavirus thing. Mm-hmm. So they were dealing with that. And then so it was a lot of elements in this film and then you had a new doctor in the community. A lot of people didn't respect him because he was younger and they were used to the older doctor, right? So you have so many elements going on in this town, and again, like the older black gentleman, right? Mm. Although there were more people in the community who who respected him, then you had the the other side. You had Ku Klux Klan members who wanted to take over his property.
1: What do you
2: call them? Rider? So, yeah, so the night riders. So it was just like multiple stories going on at once and um
1: and, and there were love, stories. love, two love sto- stories two love stories two love stories right mm-hmm.
2: so oh coming of age too the little friends yeah the
1: little yeah, little, little boy. so yeah, I mean age, it was so. well written uh, well written it was complex for 1950 yeah because so, the, the character
2: I just want to say quickly um I love how they wrote him with Dignity which was like rare during that period. Well maybe they didn't
1: write him with Dignity and uh, what's his name?
2: Juan Hernandez.
1: Juan Hernandez. Hernandez, Right. He plays it with Dignity. Maybe he got him to play it with Dignity. I remember I was out here and I was acting in a person's piece and they were saying mm-hmm. that my character was supposed to be the comic relief, right? And it was for the forty-eight hour film project, okay? And I and I listened to what he said, but I played him straight, right? Which caused the second character, mm-hmm. crime boss one. I was crime boss one, and then there was a crime boss two, mm-hmm. Asian kid,
5: mm-hmm.
1: and made him play. He made him play
2: mm-hmm. goofy, okay? And
1: I played it straight and. It stood out to the people right. here because usually they have the American blacks—just my observation—playing buffoonery. And right. so, when you see someone who plays a character, so maybe he took the role and the way he played it yeah. with the way he delivered the lines instead of the "well sir." Yeah, well, he definitely
2: sir. played it he,
1: he could have played, "well sir," "well sir," "well sir." No, said, "No, sir." It's it's yeah. my land and right. I would just like to keep yeah. my land. It's the only thing that I have. And then so he played it, but he said, like, yes sir, yes sir. then you keep my land? Yes, yes. What you want, Amos? <laughs> you know, it's gonna be a lot of a lot of that, a lot of that menstrual show. We got all these menstrual videos. But anyway. Another story for another time. Okay, so you gave it a 10? Definitely. Okay, 10. so Stars in My Crown because of the believability of the setup to the lynch scene. I gave that part an 8. But other than that, it's a 9.8 because of that in uh, averages. So it's, oh, oh, it's a great film to watch. You will love it. Okay, yeah. next, next film up, people.
2: Velvet Buzz. The
1: Velvet Buzz. Buzz all right, Yeah. the velvet buzz. now, cast Jake Gyllenhaal is Moth Vanderwalt. All right, Renee Russo is Rodera Hayes, right. Rodanra.
2: Yeah,
1: excuse Rizura. me, yeah, but I can't read my writing. And then uh, I can't read the Z. Azar
2: Ashton.
1: Azar Ashton She's is Josephina. Yeah. Tony Collette is Gretchen. David Diggs. Now you know David Diggs has been in quite a few films yeah. since Blind Spotting. Oh, yeah. Remember we reviewed Blind Spotting like two, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, right? Yeah we reviewed that right and most
2: recently we've seen him in um he played frederick Douglass. yeah he
1: played frederick Douglass in good lord bird yeah john malkovich yeah. is Pierce. Yeah. uh natalie dryer dryer is coco right coco is an interesting character yeah she is she's a character that is a label hopper, and that's what we to <laughs> say about that. Okay, yeah. so synopsis okay. a collection of art is found by a wannabe social status hopping, okay. wanting to compete, ambitious art curator's assistant. Right. But at what cost? Um, I can't read my own right. Well, at what cost does the art? Uh, Uh, at what cost to the art world are the pieces sold. Right? So, a collection of art is found by a wannabe social status hopping wanting to compete, ambitious art curator's assistant, but at what cost to the art world are the pieces sold? Right? So, this This young lady finds these art pieces, right? In the most unusual way. (laughs) Unusual. Now, what makes this film so great is it's about the art world, the painting, the art world, and it is anything but pedestrian. (laughs) I mean, you can look at the you can look at just the trailer alone and tell how they're telling the story right. with images of POV. Right. Right? It's a Sundance favorite. And the imagery and the angles that they use to tell the story is anything but pedestrian. I was sitting up there watching the film. I was like, oh man, this yeah. is. Beautiful, beautiful the way that they shot this film. Yeah. The different lens, size sizes. Yeah. The, you, you can see it right here in the trailer. You can see how it's done and how the story is told to you. It's not just yeah. one single shot in a person. It's like switching and moving yeah. angles but it's just the right degree of excellence. Yeah. if I want to give a film something where I would say I want to give some, give a film where I would say that it's excellent, yeah. I would say the Velvet Buzzsaw yeah. with its use of images
5: yeah.
1: size images the use of lighting the use of color yeah. to tell the story, to, to give the emotion yeah. it's a ten.
2: Definitely. Right? The cinematography
1: Definitely. is a 10, right? Yeah. Automatically off the rip. Yeah. The storyline through line. Yeah. After they set they set up a, they set it up so nice. beautiful. Thank they good. set it up. The woman, the woman, the Josephina woman mm-hmm. has a dramatic need. There's a initiating event. They switch. They show you her dramatic need first. Then they give you the initiating event. And then from there, the story moves forward. It is beautifully shot with an ensemble cast. And each ensemble cast member has a dramatic need and an initiating event. That's what makes this so good, like when the Rus- when Russo's character yeah. enters the room, right? right? The Hayes woman enters her assistant's room, right. soon to be former assistant, and returns to partner.
2: Right.
1: Her the the her dramatic need is heard, and th- that's the initiating event when she sees what she sees. Right. So each one has their. Initiate an event and dramatic mm-hmm. need within this ensemble cast, yes. right? So, I mean, it's beautifully done. It's not pedestrian done. at all, right? So, the storyline through line is a 10. Mm-hmm. Sound and editing. The pacing on it is superb. Mm-hmm. That's a 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, character arc. all Each one of the characters arc. Mm-hmm. You just have, I'm not going to give anything away. That's this a 10. Too great to give away. Yeah. Acting skill, the emoting, the close-up when Jake Gyllenhaal and
2: Tony Collette that scene.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. When Jake Gyllenhaal is is up close and he's starting to see things. Yeah. The character is starting to see things. The Der when he's starting to see things it, it's... he. He takes it there and he is out acting Russo in few in many of the scenes, right? That's a ten. Right. Wardrobe and sets. Showing the showing the painter, not the painter, but the art world and then the clothing that goes along with being art presenter, curator, beautifully done, right? Locations using the city as a location. That's a 10. Story beats, by far, that's a 10. Believability, believability on the horror. Mm -hmm. Definitely believable, that's a 10. Historic facts, going back and researching the historic facts of this artist and using historic references within the city that they're in to tell the story that's a 10 Mm -hmm. so what would you give velvet buzzsaw
2: an easy 10 again just like we spoke about earlier um we saw that jake gyllenhaal was in and so we said okay we know this is going to be good because he does a really great job picking Mm -hmm. picking scripts so like the surrounding actors, like the supporting cast, just beautiful. And uh, we talked about when we were watching the film. You said, "Look at the scene. Look at her eyes. Look at her. Look how she's emoting." Uh, Tony Collette and mm-hmm. the scene between her and Jake all was just superb because it was just like all in like the eyes. It was like subtle. Her mm-hmm. acting was so subtle. But it did show her her dramatic need was like all in her face, and
1: you can see his disgust yes. at what she was asserting to him, right. and it was subtle on his face. Yeah. And so they were playing opposite, right? They, they were giving and taking. He he was sending yeah. bass, she was sending back mid range. Yeah. And then he just totally took the scenes from Russo, yeah. right? Yeah. So
2: but, so it's just like the acting, the dialogue. Um, I love, like you said, the way the film begins, it's like it's subtle. You know, you're introduced to all the characters and, and, their, and the relationships that they have with each other. And then it gradually opens up until you kind of, I don't want to give it away because this is, it's titled as like a. Uh, I can see the drama part, mm-hmm. but it's a horror drama, so I can see the horror and part. It's suspense in it, too. Yeah, it is. It's suspense in it, too. Well written.
1: So that's a 10 for you?
2: It's definitely a 10. Because I'm going to tell you, I have never, ever seen a film like this. Have you?
1: Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, like where this. the
2: worlds collide.
1: Yeah, the worlds are colliding. Like,
2: a, 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 just like a drama suspense. Like a fashion world, like a arts, art gallery, and the treachery
1: of art. The treachery of art,
2: and then all of a sudden they drop in a bomb of horror out of the blue, and it's believable.
1: It's believable. <laughs> it's believable. And once you see the Coco character, you feel sorry for her. her yeah, because poor, yeah. you know, poor, poor thing. So, Velvet Buzzsaw, yeah, is a ten. Yeah. You have to see it. All right. So it's the night. genre all of its own. So the last Great. film of the night does not have a trailer. It's it's uh really 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 interesting that they did not make a trailer for this. I searched and I searched, and I guess they said they didn't need a trailer because it's Dolly right. Parton, yeah. right. and so they didn't need a trailer for. Right, So the last film for the night is Here I Am, Mm -hmm. Dolly Parton on Netflix, it came out in 2019. Let's see, Dolly Parton as herself, Mm -hmm. Mac Davis as self, Jane Fonda as self, Mm -hmm. Lily Tomlin as self, Mm -hmm. Porter Mm -hmm. Wagner through um, what they call archive footage self. Linda Perry self, right? Yeah. So let's go through what the synopsis of this is. The rise, decline, and return of Dolly Parton, from childhood to 21, to her worldwide fame and acclaim, to the slowdown, to the maintain, to right. a successful life, this documentary covers it all. Right? Right. right. So when you find out you find out so many things about Dolly Parton right, right. Akita's garden said 100 100 100 thank you thank you thank, thank you. you so much that's on the YouTube yeah. chat right yes. so look you learn so much about Dolly Parton in this documentary on Netflix yeah. right you will be entertained because yeah. the music is is good, yeah. right? Yeah. She comes back from the hills of yeah. Tennessee, Yeah. right? Yeah. And she raises to the point to where she 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 rescues her family members, right? I mean, it's it's just the it's awesome story. Yeah. It's like, it's the same story. They're in the hills of Tennessee, no way out.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Right. Same thing that's happening like how they have the 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 opiate now yeah right Mm -hmm. the alcoholism Mm -hmm. etc 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 right Mm -hmm. that wasn't touched but that's what's happening in appalachia that's what's happening to the mountain people right same type of thing that's happening to another group of people that they're trying to forget which is american blacks so you have the situation with drugs right alcoholism right Et cetera, et cetera, Unemployment, right. Unemployment. Right. They have unemployment, right. right? And so it's similar. Right. And so you can appreciate the story because of that similarity, right? So, Dolly Parton, here I am. Plus, the music is good. Yes. Plus, you hear you have a cameo by Whitney Houston, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you did not know
2: oh yeah the what's the name of the wrote, song what's the name of the song um, i will always love you i will always love and you. i love how dolly part she said that what did she say that song made me what did she rich say? rich she, she made me rich she said whitney made someone
1: asked her the report the person who was doing the documentary asked her you didn't hear it mm-hmm. but her response was in full sentences mm-hmm. so you can say so, the person must have asked her, he said, did you feel any kind of way mm-hmm. with Whitney Houston singing your song that you had such a big hit with? Mm-hmm. And you had to listen to what she had to say, yeah. right? And it's just real good, and it goes through how she creates songs because she is a
2: prolific... Songwriter.
1: Songwriter, yes. and she loves being famous. yeah. Right? Yeah. Not so much a celebrity. She right. she doesn't do the celebrity thing, Aww. but she loves being famous. Yeah. She's there with her fans. Yeah. Her fans love her. She yeah. she goes to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, as Dolly, right? Yeah. And so yeah. it is a real it's a real great piece to watch yeah. to learn and hear about something that you usually don't hear about if you're American black, right? Hear some music, learn where some music was, was reinterpreted yeah. to make a big hit for the body.
2: I love right. when they asked her which did she love more, like singing and writing. Mm-hmm. And she said her passion is in the writing. Yep. She loves to write. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's wrote so many beautiful songs that she's performed as well as other artists right and um it was it's a really really great documentary because yeah. those who are fans will just love her even more because she has such a beautiful spirit and um and she's a businesswoman you know and she's just the all around like package she's she's not just a performer you know behind this performer is a writer and a business woman she has her own amusement park right Dollywood and um, speaking of Dollywood uh, when she found out that like one of her one of the statues was one of a Confederate uh, soldier right and um, the first thing she did is when they came to her about it she just she said okay we'll remove it I don't want that represented. You know, at my amusement park. Mm-hmm. So she didn't even have to think twice.
1: Right. You know, she so. She think twice.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. So look, uh, Tanya M. Congress, what's going on to Tanya M. Congress? She's been chiming in all night. You know, we do our show Monday through Friday. Yep. We produce our show Monday through Friday,
2: Observations.
1: 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday yes. on the Film Review Life channel. Make yes. sure that you subscribe yes. and you're there. We hit information that yes. most definitely one day might save your life. But anyway, she yes. asked, what network is the Grim Sleeper and the... Undoing on the Grim Sleeper is on With Amazon Prime. Okay.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And the Undoing is, is on, on HBO. H, B. And then oh, the Velvet of uh, what Buzz? The the Velvet Buzzsaw we didn't is on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here I am, Dolly Parton. Netflix. Yeah. And of course the movie. Uh, Stars in My Crown, 1950. Yeah, you Turner can movie. see that. It was Turner Movie Classics, classics and then but you can you also see Hulu it. And, and, and some other places. Right, and yeah. Amazon, right? Okay. So let's see. Cinematography on Here I Here I Am, Dolly Parton. Cinematography is a 10. Yes. Storyline, through line, going from her being a wee pup right. up to adulthood. Right. Is a ten. Right. Sound recording right. very important. Catching those classic moments right. of what was happening in the Tennessee Hills yeah. and being able to mix and make it sound great to correspond with modern sound today. That's a ten. Yep. Character arc, how she arc from being a uh, wet behind the ears twenty-one year old coming into her own into the out that she is today. Yeah. That is a 10. Her ability within 9 to 5. Oh yeah. To, to act yep. and emote and yep. she had never taken any acting lessons. Really? But Jane Fonda mm-hmm. wrote made sure the character was wrote especially for her. Well,
2: that was nice.
1: Right? And yeah. it would fit. And she said, well that's just me so <laughs> I'll just play it. And that's a 10. Wardrobe and sets, right? Her yeah. sets for her shows were mm-hmm. excellent, and the wardrobe and her wigs, man. Oh yeah, those blonde wigs. wigs, like the way the blonde wigs going, you can't tell where her line starts and where it's a ten. Locations right. that they showed you from the Tennessee Hills to Nashville to global around the world, that's a ten. Yeah, the. Story, oh man. Storyline. I don't know how I got that twice, but storyline twice. But anyway, we're gonna skip that. Believability, right? Yep. Believability. Oh no, story beats. I don't know why I said storyline. Story beats connecting her youth to adulthood right. to success for the day and how mm-hmm. those lessons built her for right now. That's a yeah. 10. Believability. Is a 10. Historical facts. Again, talking about the Tennessee Hills and what was going on up there at the time as she was coming up. That's a 10. What would you give Here I Am? I
2: would definitely, definitely give it a 10 for all the reasons you said. But I'm glad you mentioned um, the 9 to 5 because her acting. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Like you said, she is a a juggernaut Mm -hmm. because she just masters everything across the board. Music. Business as well as acting, and she is in one of my favorite films, uh, still Magnolia.
1: Still Magnolia, yeah, you
2: know, and she was also uh, in 2012 she starred in Joyful Noise with uh, Queen Latifah.
1: Queen Latifah, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So her acting ability has, yeah, it cannot be questioned at this point. She just does it, so you yeah. gave it a 10. Yeah. Here I am, Dolly wow. Parton, 2019, on Netflix, documentary. I give you know it what? What a doing? 10.
2: Is she the only, I'm thinking, is she the only celebrity with an amusement park? I can't think of anybody else that has one. Hmm. I think she is.
1: Hmm. That would have to be researched. Yeah, out, I'm right? thinking she is. Yeah. So people,
2: we have. She's to be reckoned with. She's
1: yeah, a boss. I, I'll say so. We have come to an end of another broadcast, and yes. it is jam packed. Remember, we come on on Sundays at 5:30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, hashtag TFR Podcast Live available on all of the streaming podcast platforms. You can get us there, right? And don't forget on Mondays through Fridays it's hashtag Observations TFR. That's my that's me? Yep that's my sister and I yes. as we discuss topics mm-hmm. and, and provide information yeah. wow that's we'll what
2: I, I love about observations is that it comes on daily and you're hitting all of the topics all the, the news topics just everything that's going on right and then what I love is how people can call up and comment that's right. And today in this world of COVID, right, right. where we're, it's very little movement between maybe going to work, going to the grocery store back home. I'm glad that people have a a, a platform where they can just pick up the phone and just talk and just get a lot, of, a lot of stuff off their chest and they can chime in on the different topics and stuff daily, Monday through Friday.
1: That's right. Monday through Friday.
2: Oh, before we end uh we didn't, well, we talk about music too, but definitely you were saying people need to pick up their new Busta Rhymes.
1: Yeah. Because
2: mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites is the song with him and Kendrick Lamar.
1: Yeah, Ken, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So look, people. You can hear us on all of these various formats. Yes. Uh, iHeartRadio, yep. Apple Podcasts, right. Spotify, right. Google podcast right. yes. we are everywhere that you want to be of yes. course youtube on the film review life channel yes make sure you subscribe yes. we want to see 10 new subscribers yes. smash the like button smash the share button because yes. again we have produced another show yes. we have produced another show that yes. saved you Pocket Revenue did yes. the reviews save you pocket revenue yep. at the theater, but now it's on demand. Yes. Right? Trying to keep you safe. That's right. So, people, we will see you yep. next Sunday at yes. 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on another episode okay. of... The Film Reviews. Hashtag TFR podcast live. The film review, movies, music, culture, politics, society podcast. We are your husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, society on this podcast. Hashtag TFR podcast live. Google it. Watch and listen to all of the shows. And we will see you again. Yes. Next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern.
2: Before we go, I always think of these things at last minute. On versus. Outcast versus Tribe call Quest.
1: That's right. That's going to be great. It's going to be great. Alright, people. So we will see you next Sunday the film review movies music culture politics society podcast interviews movie reviews and more live Sundays at 5 30 p.m. on the film review live channel subscribe
2: hi this is Bernadette Stanis Thelma from
3: good times and you're watching the film review
4: it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper